diminished by that pressure I put on myself Mm. to always be liked by somebody to always have something with someone. It's interesting how rejection can also come in the form of lack of attention, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's what it was. It was lack of romantic attention. You shouldn't have to be a somebody by other people to accept yourself. Like accepting yourself comes first. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey guys, it's your host, Dasal. And Emma. Here with our 14th episode of Before, Before We Make, Make It. It. Woo! If it's so meant to be, it's meant to be. Maybe <laughs> it was so It'll be meant to be. If it's meant to be, meant to be, meant to be, na 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 Literally theme song of the night. segue, guys. We've missed y'all so much. So much. The voice, come for us. Where's our contract? We're here. We're ready to go. It's Dasam and Emma, the duet of the century, ready to sing all the songs. I think you actually have a pretty good voice, so I feel like we could be an outstanding duet, genuinely. That is truly an overstatement, guys. Emma's a singer in our little roomy duo, and she's amazing. She's amazing. So like Dasam said, we have missed you guys so, so, so much. It feels like a long time since we've recorded. I think it's been about two weeks. So yeah, we've been pre-recording. I've been out. That'll come in our reality check. But we're just going to go ahead and get right into our first segment, Truly Obsessed. Just a little reminder to embrace the small things, the little things in life that keep you energized and motivated throughout each week, because obviously we get used to the routine of things, the mundane, and we want to spice it up with fun little things. Good one. So that's what we... (laughs) So that's what we're trying to motivate you to do with this segment. Dasam, take it away. Guys, Life is a Movie Playlist on Spotify. For some reason, everyone knows about about me. So it's a really good like indie playlist. And it is Emma approved, which is a good thing. And I didn't recognize a lot of the songs on there, which I was like, okay, new music. Yes, I'm pumped. New music, new me. Exactly. And the Subway song, I love that song. It makes me think of New York and just like deepen your thoughts like while you're in the shower. And then Fabletics, they have these really cute knit tops in all these different colors. And they're supposed to be sports bras, but I just wear them as loungewear because honestly, like I love the vibe of I just got out of a workout, even though I literally just got up from bed and I'm on campus now. And also chunky gold jewelry, specifically layering. I think it's so, so cute when people have like the chains, like monogram or a little butterfly or something. Emma just had a massive <laughs> coffin fit. <laughs> I'm back. It was actually hilarious, even though I'm sorry, you ha- almost died there. <laughs> yeah, so I let some tea down the wrong tube. So Dasam had to pause it for like two minutes, but <laughs> we're alive. But Chunky Gold Jewelry, guys, Keaton Milbert inspired. Gotta love it. I definitely ordered like three different necklaces because they're having like a 60% off sale. Vibe Season SZN. The pineapple matcha drink from Starbucks is is absolutely delicious. It's the perfect refreshing combo of like tart pineapple and that sweet like matcha. And I loved it. So got to recommend that. Mm, did you actually taste the matcha in it? Because when I tried it, for some reason, I couldn't. I did. It definitely had like a stronger pineapple taste. Okay. It's like a refreshing spring summer drink. So yes. really good. Always love the Starbucks Rex. Again, to reiterate, the Life is a Movie playlist is seriously so good. So please listen to that as soon as you can. For my recommendations, I have been loving The Guest List by Lucy Foley. It's a murder mystery. Not Ooh. my typical choice of book, but it's really, really good. It's so well written. And I've just been really loving that. And I don't want to finish it because it's been so good. (laughs) Is it like Crime Junkie vibes? It's not Crime Junkie vibes. It's about this wedding that's taking place on this 
like island off the coast of Ireland. And basically there's a murder that happens at the wedding and there's all this drama that unfolds afterwards. It's really crazy, but please read it if you have not gotten to. It's so, so, so good. Haven't finished it yet, but I am almost done and we'll give a review of it as soon as I can. Please. The next thing that I've been loving is my own playlist on Spotify, which is called Let's Burn Some Cows. Wow. It's really fun. Cardio songs, super hype music. Please just search up Emma Garza on Spotify and it's there. The profile picture for it is Sandra Bullock carrying a dog and running in a robe (laughs) from the proposal. And so it's so, so, so good. Please listen to it. And I know it's kind of biased because I'm the one that made it, but love that playlist. And then the last thing, I actually just started going to therapy and I wanted to mention it because I know that a ton of people this year especially have just been talking about therapy and normalizing it. And there's like this whole tweet about if dads went to therapy, life would like the world would be a better place. <laughs> no more daddy issues. No, I mean, seriously, therapy has been wonderful. Obviously, I've only had one session so far, but even in that one session, I just felt a lot of weight lifted off my shoulders. I'm going to try channeling more of my venting sessions towards therapy primarily, which is hard to do because I have amazing friends like Dasam who are like Aww. always willing to listen to my venting sessions, but it just feels nice to have a time and place to do that and someone who's going to ask you the hard questions and ask you these like deeply psychological questions about yourself. So I've been absolutely grateful for that and just so happy that I have the opportunity to even go to therapy. I love that. My mom is a counselor slash therapist and she has worked with everyone from teenagers to people like senior citizens. And I think it's so, so vital that we as a community just make sure that therapy is for anyone that is looking to self-improve rather than anyone that has like some mental issue or is going through something because it is great for a myriad of aspects. So I'm so happy for you Mm -hmm. and I recommend it to anyone. Betterhelp.com is a great way for accessible, cheap therapy. And I think it's great. And they're a sponsor for today. So it makes sense that we're (laughs) (laughs) just guys one day, one day. <laughs> no, yeah, but like yeah, like Dasam said, you don't need to be even going through one specific thing to start going to therapy. If you have access to it, please take advantage of it. Honestly, try to figure out what's going on before you have to experience rock bottom because mm. I feel like it's more of like a prevention in a way. So yes. And professional yeah. advice is much better than a friend's way in sometimes. So reality check. What have we been up to? It's been two weeks. We pre-recorded some episodes because your girl went on a trip. But Emma, how have you been? Okay. Last week, I spent the entire week alone in this apartment. Aww. I started off the week super excited because I actually enjoy time alone. I enjoy blasting the speaker in the apartment with Without worrying about bothering anybody. So I was excited. And then as soon as it came to like the second or third day, it really hit me that you were gone. And like, I knew you'd be back, but it just really hit. And it was definitely difficult for a while there. I was really like distracting myself with work and just trying to get as much as I could uh, done. But I definitely realized a lot about myself, where I'm going. I solidified some post-grad plans and I just really figured out that I need to start focusing on myself, really growing and moving past things that no longer serve me. And on top of that, we had our first ever conference for our student organization. It was called The Showroom. It was an amazing virtual conference where we had so many amazing people from the magazine and media industry join Mm. us. We had my editor from Cosmo there. There was just so much good advice given 
throughout that entire night. Mm. And it just really lit a fire under all of us, honestly, to just work harder on our careers. And so, yeah, that was just like a great way to end the week, especially after being alone for the majority of the week. And I'm happy to have you back too, because when Dasam came back, I was like, oh my gosh, like, yes, thank you so much. I can't ever live alone because (laughs) Dasam and I just bounce off each other. And I don't think either of us would enjoy living in this apartment by ourselves. Oh, definitely not. I I get lonely so easily. Like the extrovert of me would literally be dying. Like I think of Patrick and SpongeBob when he's literally living under a cave and like he's like the king of doing nothing. And I'm like, how? (laughs) How does one survive? But anyway, I miss you too. I attended a Tony Robbins seminar, guys. It was life changing. If y'all know, y'all know. (laughs) My boyfriend convinced me it was virtual and it was this robust, super energetic, super motivational, like four day, five day seminar. And it really lit a spark inside of me to not only just master like my future plans and dreams, but also just become like a more empathetic person, a better storyteller, just a better like relationship manager. It was amazing. It was so, so well-rounded. And then I went to Colorado and snowboarded for the first time with my boyfriend's family, which is why I was gone for like a whole week. Absolutely loved it. The whole experience was magnified by the fact that I just came out of this like motivational seminar and I was like, oh my gosh, I just need to overcome like any limiting beliefs I have. Like I'm not athletic. I hate heights and falling and all of those things. But despite it all, I did my best. And my boyfriend was so cute. He was like every day, like, what's your mindset? Like, what are you going to do? And I'm just like, I could do anything. So I really recommend adventure sports to anyone who's looking to take a leap of faith on their athleticism. I know. I can't believe you did that. I would have paid money to see. (laughs) But honestly, that's super fun. I'm glad that you had an amazing week and that you just got that break because really like Dasam deserved it. She was working hard leading up to that vacation and you definitely needed a break away from reality just to go snowboard. I fell a lot. That's on my bucket list to go to Colorado and play in the snow. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know. I might not even want to see. I just want to play in the snow. I just want to play in the snow. (laughs) I want to be in a nice... Okay. Do you remember that episode of Good Luck Charlie where they go to Colorado or I think it's Colorado, right? Or maybe it's Mm -hmm. like New Mexico. I don't know, but they go to somewhere snowy. Yeah. They go to like this ski lodge there's like a fireplace and then her boyfriend Spencer like somehow surprises them there like there's so much that goes on but yeah that just reminds me of all of that gives me similar vibe but thousands babies yes so happy that you had fun but that honestly goes into our topic for today which is all about different types of rejections in personal Mm -hmm. realms relationship realms career realms and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of all of these different types of rejections this is a topic that I'm surprised we haven't talked about yet Mm -hmm. because we talk about it all the time just between you and me and I think it's something that needs to be shared in its most transparent form yeah so I think the earliest form of rejection I can remember came packaged in the playground so when you're growing up and you're starting to be social which is so odd like the concept of it because you're just constantly being nurtured by your parents and then suddenly they put you out into you know these like dirty kids that are like wilding (laughs) children (laughs) and then They're like, go play. And I think about this. And my earliest form of rejection came when I was three years old. I was in daycare in Australia. For those of you who don't know, I lived there when I was younger. It was a form of rejection that was so brutal to me because it was like cultural differences, language barriers, and all of these things mixed into like these people, these kids making fun of me for like my name or maybe my looks or something like that. And because of that, it fueled this craving to belong. 
And the belongings thing really sticks with you for your entire life. Mm-hmm. Especially if that's a, it's such an early memory to have. Like literally the first time that you're around other kids, the first time that you're socializing, it's not a good experience. And you're not the person that is held to a higher regard by your peers. You're honestly just in that tough position of being either bullied or talked down upon or even ignored by the other kids. And that's a really hard pill to swallow, honestly. And sometimes there is there is no rhyme or reason for it. Like honestly, especially mm-hmm. when you're a kid. I mean, I'm sure that there's not any sort of intention behind it, but it's definitely hard when you're small. And I, I did experience a similar thing, actually. I remember when I was in elementary, I felt rejected by the popular group of girls even though we were in barely first grade but it's like why like what is the basis of the popularity at that age I don't understand it but I remember wanting so badly to be blonde to be a cheerleader to be good at dancing because all of those girls in that group had those qualities and I simply didn't and I always felt like I had to sort of lie my way to the top. So I would literally lie about like the craziest things when I was younger. (laughs) Like I said, Hillary Duff was my cousin one time (laughs) and that she was going to take us all on a trip. I just made up all this stuff in order to get some sort of praise from the people around me. And it was insane. And I don't think that that's beyond most kids. I feel like that's a common thing to happen. Yes. It's wild to me that we desired monotony so bad. Like we just all wanted to be the same. We wanted to belong. And now originality, the special and uniqueness of ourselves is what I love the most. Like you want to be a part of the crowd. You yeah, want to be a part of the in crowd. In. Like you don't want to be such a stark contrast because for me, like growing up Korean American, growing up just looking different and speaking different. And so something like that makes you want to be loved and accepted by others so much so that you will put on a facade, you will make lies, you will like try to have things that you don't. But like you're literally six years old. What what can you have? You can't brag about your new car like even in middle school, like we're saying when you're kids, like as in six year olds, but even like all the way up to when you're 13, 14, 15 throughout your high school. Yes, you are constantly And I don't want to generalize here because I don't think this is everybody, but I do think that if you experience some form of rejection when you were a lot younger, it tends to carry on over into those older years where you do these little things in Mm. order to seek validation from others, whether that is putting on the facade, like you said, acting one way when you really are another or telling these white lies in order for people to think that you are cooler than you believe yourself to be. You can't ever lose the confidence to be who you are without shame and without fear of being judged or being outcasted. Because that's the thing, like whenever you are trying to belong, you figure out ways to talk like other people, act like other people, dress like other people. And what is that doing to you? It's stripping you of your originality and of your purest form of creativity, which is how you project yourself outwards in your clothes, tone, mannerisms, etc. And you just have to be fearlessly independent in a way that doesn't necessarily go with the crowd but in a way like almost you're almost like a trendsetter like the way that I see it is like growing up I felt like the bullies really like diminished my confidence in who I was and it made me introverted when I was extroverted so I think it just takes like a little bit of faith in yourself to project who you really are 
Yeah. And I think also having the right people around you, because obviously Mm -hmm. you, it took you a while to come out of your shell as it did for a lot of people, especially going from high school to college. I can say like, even for both of us, we have both come out of our shell a lot since then. Mm -hmm. And it's honestly due to a lot of factors. But one of the main ones is the people that we've surrounded ourselves with people that notice those traits and notice those things that maybe others found unattractive or annoyingly quirky or nerdy. And they embraced them. And Mm -hmm. they made you realize that, hey, like this isn't a bad thing. Like people literally love me for these things that these other people said made me less than. And I feel like, especially in our friend group, people are always like embracing you for everything. You know what I mean? Like our funny humor or any sort of like quirks that we have, like they are to be embraced and never shut down. And so I think that that obviously goes in like relationships and friendships. And we're going to talk more about relationships as well, but it definitely starts with yourself and it starts with you realizing that you literally cannot be a carbon copy of the people around you. And at some point, I think it gets a little bit easier when you're older because you get out of that eight to whatever it was. How long did we stay in school all day? Like eight to 4 p.m. (laughs) building where you're literally stuck in the same place with the same people that are quite frankly immature and can't fully embrace you for all that you are. I feel like it just gets easier when you go out into the real world, go into the career that you're going to spend your life doing and just like, discover more about yourself, especially in college when there's so many people, like different types of people that can embrace you and you can find your niche in. I feel like it just makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And one thing that hits home for me in the topic of rejection is when your help is rejected or your advice, your value, like things that you think make you a good person, a helpful person, a good friend. Look, when that's rejected and people don't want to be your friend or people don't want your advice, then that's something that could hurt too. But Surrender your need to be desired because we know when you're younger, whether it's you want to, uh, you want to be attractive toward like all the guys in your grade, or you want to be the one that people ask or go to for relationship advice, or you want to be the one that people ask for homework help, whatever it is, just surrender that need because simply let yourself be loved by who you are and avoid the inclination to seek validation from other people. The only one that could fill that void of needing to be desirable or attractive or sought after, because come on, like if you're in a classroom, like you want to be the one that everyone flocks to, right? If you're in a friend Mm -hmm. group, you want to be the one that everyone wants to be friends with. The girl that fills the room with energy. Exactly. (laughs) You want to be radiant. You want to be adored. And that's a huge part of popularity that's why people want to be popular because Mm -hmm. they don't want to be a nobody they want to be a somebody you know that passive rejection of people not coming to you like don't let that be something that you like crave or something that literally like quenches your thirst for admiration because the only one that could truly fill that void is you And you talked a lot about being helpful in the past. And that's your thing. You are an extremely helpful person. (laughs) You're always looking for ways to just assist other people and be there for those around you. And even those that don't even know you that well, you're just always willing to be helpful. What was it that really made you like that? Like, what were you getting from helping other people and going out of your way to make their lives better? Everyone desires something, right? Whether it's to be attractive or to be needed. And for me, it was to be needed. (laughs) Like I just wanted to be needed because sometimes when you're being rejected by people like out outwardly or even like inadvertently, 
then you become like a ghost or you become a nobody. Like you're isolated. You're in the background. Like no one really cares to like talk to you or whatever. That sounds really sad, but <laughs> that is the type of, type of rejection that people receive in like high school or middle school. And for me, I wanted to become a somebody by being helpful, like by being needed, whether that was through advice, a listening ear, relationship advice, helping with your math homework or something. And so it was filling a void for me because I felt so rejected in the past. You shouldn't have to be a somebody by other people to accept yourself. Like accepting yourself comes first. I love that. And I think we all seek validation in different forms. For example, I sought validation through a romantic approval. Mm -hmm. So if a guy liked me, then I felt good about myself. Mm. If guys were interested in me, that meant that I was worth something, that I was pretty, that I was smart, that I was desirable in the romantic sense. And if guys didn't like me, then I felt like something was wrong with me. Like I was weird, like I was ugly, like I just wasn't good enough. And that was something that really affected me from an insanely early age, which I really don't understand why, but from the grade of like kindergarten and on, it was just something that was always there. It was weird because I, I think for a second I did forget about it. Maybe in like fifth grade, I sort of started to come into my own and I became an avid speller and I was involved in (laughs) UIL and I was doing all these things. Spelling bee queen. (laughs) But then going into middle school, you know, you're put into a place with people from different schools. And I remember comparing myself to other girls and always thinking like, wow, I am so not as confident as her to talk to the older boys. I don't know how she does it. I don't think I can be confident enough to do that. And it sort of spurred on another segment of being diminished by that pressure I put on myself Mm. to always be liked by somebody, to always have something with someone. It's interesting how rejection can also come in the form of lack of attention, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's what it was. It was lack of romantic attention. It was lack of someone saying, hey, you're actually worth looking at. Hey, you're worth talking to. Hey, I would, yeah, I would walk you to your class and be willing to ask you to be my girlfriend in front of all these people. You know how it is in middle school. (laughs) But I, I really did put a lot of value in that. And it's shocking to realize it at 22, which is something that, just came into my head last week. I was like, wow, this entire time for all of these years, I've never truly been single. Like, yes, I was single for a while, but I was always still talking to somebody. I always had someone on my mind, someone on my radar. I totally get you because I was literally that girl that didn't go to prom with anybody, like no promposals, like literally no one asked me to go to prom guys, like junior and senior year, I'm pretty sure. And so the point of that is like not having had dates or relationships all throughout middle school and high school, that felt like one big rejection slap. And if y'all are there right with me, if y'all have been single forever and you know, like I can relate and I just want to tell you you're not alone. Definitely not alone. I've met so many people who that's the case for, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Honestly, if anything, those people are so successful (laughs) and have spent so much time just working towards their own goals. And so I don't see anything wrong with it. And honestly, you have an amazing boyfriend now. (laughs) You're from Colorado. Okay. So we're going to talk about two different forms of passive rejection, ghosting versus orbiting. And orbiting is a term that I recently discovered. I don't know that it's gained much traction yet, but we're going to start the trend and make orbiting a not, we're not going to make it a thing, but we are definitely going to educate you on what it means to be 
orbited or to experience someone doing this to you. So first starting off with ghosting, we obviously know what this is. Mm -hmm. Ghosting is when someone basically just, you were talking to them, you guys had something going on. Again, the DTR define their relationship. Sometimes people don't want to define the relationship and they want to completely just ghost you, <laughs> fall off the face of the earth, unfollow you, completely Stop disappear. Your stories. Yeah, that's literally the worst. It sucks and it's disrespectful, but I feel like we've all kind of been there. Yep. We'll go into more of that in a second. And then orbiting on the other hand is when someone ghosts you, but they're still on your social media. They're still looking at your stories, liking your photos, acting as if nothing happened, but they have not texted you back. They haven't reached out. It's sort of over as far as direct contact goes, but they're still around. Like they're still posting on their stuff. You know, they're alive, you know, they're well, they're just not wanting to talk to you. And it's kind of it's awkward. It's awkward. It sucks. And I think obviously our social media world makes it a little bit more difficult because you see that those people are alive and well and thriving without needing to talk to you. But when someone doesn't ghost, which obviously like if you have ghosted, you have probably experienced this flurry of emotions where it's like, like I'm conflicted because yeah. I don't necessarily want to continue whatever this is with this person, but I also don't want to hurt their feelings. Exactly. Nobody wants to just be forthcoming with, hey, I'm just not into you. I just don't like you. That's not really the norm for the most part. Normally, it's because that person isn't ready or that person's circumstance isn't ideal. And sometimes it has nothing to do with you, but you may take it personally. And we're here to tell you what other could be, what other things could be happening. I'm not going to lie. I have definitely ghosted before. In the situations that I have ghosted, <laughs> it was because the guy just wasn't, it, it, he had pretty much just like proven himself to be just not a good person. And I decided That's that. Valid. Yeah, it wasn't really worthy of an explanation at that point. But I think for the most part, if it's someone that really likes you and has been good to you and obviously wants to continue to see you and you just don't feel the same way, I do think that it's the mature thing to do to just be forthcoming. And sometimes that's hard. Like, obviously, you don't want to say, hey, I don't like you or I just don't see this going anywhere. I don't feel that spark. I don't feel the way that someone needs to feel in order to commit to a relationship. So sometimes people will say things like, I'm not ready or I'm not ready for a relationship. And then you see that they're in a relationship a couple months down the road. (laughs) Or they'll say, I just have a lot on my plate right now. I'm too busy. I'm this, I'm that. And don't get me wrong. I think sometimes those are real reasons. Like sometimes if someone is fresh out of a breakup or they're just dealing with a lot of life changes right now. So they're transitioning from jobs or going through family stuff or maybe even going through their own mental health problems. Those are completely valid reasons. And for that, we should not be lashing out at people in the case that this does happen Mm -hmm. because I think that you can you never really know what someone's going through especially if it's a new sort of stage of relationship very true and as someone who's been ghosted before like it's so easy to go down the rabbit hole of why am i not good enough why am i you know why didn't i put the best version of myself out there like they think i'm unattractive or i have nothing to offer and it's so easy to put it get <laughs> it's so easy to go down a rabbit hole, but please guys do not beat yourself up about the narrative or the reasoning behind why that person goes to you and simply reconsider what's going on in their lives. And maybe it's just a door closing so that you know not to invest in it anymore. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes people just don't 
find themselves into you in that way. Like they might see Mm. you as a friend. And honestly, I could say the same for us as well. Like we feel the same way towards other people that might be into us. We simply just don't have that spark that we need to feel in order to see it as a romance. And that's okay. That's not something that you can force. I think that it would be a disservice to both you and the other person to pretend that it's something that it's not. And that's really what expiration ships are about. And we're going to get to that in a second. But in the case that someone has ghosted you, let's say you really, really, really like this person and they just decided to stop responding to your texts after the first date, they didn't want to see you anymore. Yes, I'm sorry. It's tough. It's tough. And I think what makes it harder is when we idealize a situation and we dream it out of proportion. We love to fantasize. Mm-hmm. If you're a girl, you understand. I would really love to know if guys do this I'm because sure I take this way out of proportion. This has happened to me a few times already where I've really been into somebody, but after the situation concludes and I realize that person doesn't like me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I literally just idealized them so much. And I assumed that I knew who they were. And it was more so the idea of what it could be rather than the actual person. And Mm. I find myself honestly underwhelmed when I actually meet them because I have just built it. Yeah. You shouldn't go into it with these expectations that you guys are going to fall in love right off the bat. Let's say you see someone across the room. You think they're really cute. You reach out to them. You guys decide to go for coffee and it turns out that they're really not the person that you assumed they would be. It's annoying and it sucks. But like the thing is, is that we put these unrealistic expectations on someone else. And that's not their fault. That's not their problem. But we do it to ourselves. Exactly. And I think if we're able to stop ourselves ahead of time Mm -hmm. and go into it a little less expectant that it's going to be this romance whirlwind, this whirlwind romance of the century, we actually have a chance of connecting with them because we we don't psych ourselves out. And that's something Mm. I've done personally so many times. I have psyched myself out in waiting and anticipating a date. And then when it actually gets to the point, I'm just like, oh shoot, I don't even know how to act like myself. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm saying right now. I'm completely un-Emma right now. At least you had a date because I would literally write love poems about guys that were didn't even know I existed in middle school. So at least you had a date to look forward to. (laughs) Because what did you even like them for? Because they were cute. And then you assumed, okay, because they're cute, they must be this and they must be that. They must be smart and funny and love my life. Yeah. You literally put that guy on a pedestal that is like 5 million feet high. (laughs) And you're like, this is my nine inch shining armor. Like this is a guy that's going to kiss me in the beautiful tower. And I'm going to wake up from all of my like deep sleep or whatever, if you get what I'm saying. So yeah. Yeah. And I just want to make a quick little side note. Let's say someone has shown that they've gone on different adventures and done all these things. That doesn't mean that they are the person that they've proved themselves to be on social media. Mm. That doesn't mean that they are inherently adventurous. That doesn't mean that they are inherently a dreamer. It just means that they went on a trip to Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) And they posted it about it. And they posted about it. So let's do less assumptions and more just being realistic with ourselves and going into it excited for the connection, but knowing that it might not be all that we've cracked it up to be. And that's totally okay. If you are ghosted, it obviously says a lot more about that person than it does about you. For sure. Because when you're in the position of, okay, do I ghost this person or not? You have 
full agency over your decision. You can decide to be straightforward with that person. Or obviously, like you're not going to say, hey, I don't like you because of this reason. But just say something. Let them know so they're not left hanging. Obviously, we don't want you guys to feel guilty for this. But I personally felt like I would have more peace if I were just honest with him. And so he was contacting me to go do these things and hang out. I wasn't interested. And so I simply sent a text back saying, hey, I'm really busy right now. I'm not looking for something. And honestly, I'm going through personal stuff. Um, but I think you're a really cool person. Thank you for reaching out. I'm See, flattered. That's not ghosting. That's like being forthcoming. Like that is the respect that we should give to every single person that invests in us. Well, in which situation would it be okay to ghost someone? See, I don't think ever. Like that's my argument because you're going to come across that person through social media, maybe in person. You never know. You never know what life is going to sh- like bring at you so i don't think you should ever ghost anyone i think you should make it clear that hey like i'm not interested and this is why hopefully making it about yourself so that that person isn't creating this narrative of how they're unattractive and move on if it's the case that okay like you still go to the same school and you're gonna run in the same circles you're gonna eventually see them or i mean you can't really tell with a lot of things sometimes it's just inevitable it happens by surprise but would honesty really be the worst thing like if you were just honest with them would that really be the absolute worst thing to happen and would you feel better about yourself if you just decided to be forthcoming maybe not saying straight up hey you're not my type but just being honest and be like kind about it and tell them that you're flattered by their interest but don't leave someone hanging and don't let them continue with their lives hoping that they are eventually going to be with you or hoping that you'll eventually see all of what they are and how they are and love them for it because Sometimes just not going to be the case. Yeah. And people make assumptions like it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there. And I think that is something that should be reinforced in our society and not detracted from because it does take a lot of confidence. I think it does really need to be acknowledged how much courage it takes to take a chance and to shoot your shot. Freaking hard. It is really, really hard. And that was one of the main things the main reasons why I decided not to ghost this guy, even though it sort of scared me because I didn't want to be put in that uncomfortable position. I didn't want to tell him that I wasn't interested, but I thought about it. And I was like, this guy literally has been so sweet, so kind. And he's put in the effort to show me that he's interested. Literally the least I could do is tell him that I'm flattered. And I don't want him to be afraid to give that to someone else in the future because anyone would want that. If they liked him back, they would want that. And that should be something that is embraced in society. But I personally, it just didn't work out. And I didn't want him to be afraid to shoot a shot with anyone else ever again. So I was honest and I feel good about it. And then he responded with something super short and like, <laughs> like he, I don't know, <laughs> I'm Aww. sure that he could have been fine without me sending him that text, but I personally feel better that I did and I didn't just leave him hanging. So would yeah. recommend honestly, rather than ghosting and something else that I just want to add on top of this is like other qualities that you find attractive in someone at the very top of the list. And obviously this isn't right away. You don't know if they're going to like you right off the bat. One of the necessities for you liking someone and putting your energy and effort into someone should be that they are interested in you and don't make you wonder. I don't know if we ever really think about that. You shouldn't have to pitch yourself. You should be pursued. And I think in the beginning, it's like, okay, someone obviously has to give a little bit more to make it happen and to get the ball rolling. 
but eventually you need something back. You can't just keep giving and giving and giving to someone who is simply not going to give back. Mm -hmm. And you also shouldn't feel like you have to pitch yourself. I feel like on first dates, this is such a huge thing. We have to highlight all of these amazing things that we've done and make ourselves seem as if we're someone that we really aren't. And it shouldn't be like that. And I felt I've definitely felt like this so many times before where mm-hmm. I just tried to highlight all the good things about me and make myself seem like the most perfect person. In all of those situations, I ended up being the one that lost in a sense. I didn't get what oh. I wanted. I mean, it's fine. Obviously, every <laughs> every every rejection, you know, is out of reasoning. Everything happens for a reason. But you live and you learn. I but I I felt like I had abandoned who I was because I was so busy trying to impress them and say things that weren't even really me. Yeah, that's definitely not good because that person one day is going to have their bubble burst when they realize that you're the complete opposite of who you projected yourself to be. And on that note, guys, flirtationship avenues. (laughs) (laughs) When you're flirting with someone, it could sometimes turn into a relationship, which is the ideal outcome or an expiration ship where you're being rejected passively or actively. And this is hard because when you're really invested in someone and you're like, oh, this person is a like I'm super into them. Like if that just expires and it's less of a ghost and more of a gradual rejection, like that can be difficult. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about expiration ships in particular. Case Kenny, who is an awesome podcaster, mindset, new mindset, who does podcast. Love he him. talked about this recently. And so an expiration ship is defined as a talking relationship that you enter into without being fully invested, knowing that the other person is more into you than you are into them and compromising what you want for the sake of someone else loving you and admiring you. If someone is showering with you with attention and it's not really reciprocated, like you don't adore them as much as they adore you, but you just don't want to be rejected. You don't want to be lonely again, or you don't want to do the rejecting and have to be like, hey, like I don't like you and crush their dreams or whatever. Like that's hard. If you're afraid to end this expiration ship, even though it's going down that mountain, then it's obviously because being rejected is a fear of yours. And even if you're the one breaking off the relationship, like that's still someone taking away their affections away from you. And I think a lot of us just want to direct the attention toward us and not away from us. And because of that, you're afraid to be honest with that person, with yourself. Figure out what exactly is that hole in your heart sorry to get deep, that is being fueled or being filled by something superficial. So if it's a superficial relationship that you're not even into and you're very passively like engaged in, then maybe you should figure out, okay, like why can't I just give that to myself? Why can't I give myself the love and acceptance and affection that I deserve without having this other person being stringed along? It's not fair. It's genuinely the worst thing that you could do to someone is to waste their precious time. You only get so much time. And imagine it in a flip situation where you were just giving so much of yourself to someone and the entire time they were just manipulating you by accepting what you gave them, but not even willing to genuinely give anything back and not wanting to. And that's, again, like it's the whole thing about you can't force feelings. There is no amount of pitching yourself, giving yourself enough to someone, telling them you love them enough that will persuade them to feel the same way. Sometimes feelings just aren't there and there's nothing that 
anyone can really do about it. And again, it's a hard pill to swallow, but if you accept that sooner than later, you will save yourself so much heartache and so much time and give yourself and the other person the opportunity to find someone who is going to give them that mutual respect and love back. Yeah. And if you're the one being rejected, like if you're the one that's constantly giving to your friends or your boyfriend or the guy that you're talking to and you're not receiving back, realize that you deserve more because what again, the number one thing that they should check off the list is that they fulfill your needs. Are your needs being met? Do you feel overly showered with love if you're doing that? Like there needs to be reciprocation. So never feel bad if someone is not reciprocating. Just realize they're not the person for you and they don't see how amazing you are. Yeah. And moving on into actual breakups from relationships, let's say you're with someone for a year, maybe even eight months, nine months, but a while. And it felt like it was actually going somewhere. It felt like it could potentially lead to the long term, to being together forever. Hmm. A breakup from that is so hard. Any breakup, I think at any level is difficult because you spent time with that person and you got into a routine of texting them and getting excited, seeing their name on your phone and getting a call from them and dreaming about what it could possibly be one day. But I think in a relationship, it's deeper because more often than not, you will meet each other's families. You'll spend time with the other's friends. You'll get to know each other on a more intimate level. And it's difficult to break that. It's, it's so hard seeing them with someone else and knowing that it's over for good, but it is possible to completely be okay. It's complete reality that you can have a extremely long-term relationship and still be okay at the end. And honestly, I think it's scarier at the very beginning when you have no idea what lies ahead on this road of healing. But once you have the courage to sort of start and begin that process of acceptance and moving on, it does get so much better. And this is coming from someone who has done this. Like I've, I've personally done this yes. and I'm doing it, you know, as we speak, it's a, it's a constant thing coming from a place where I genuinely thought I had no hope. I thought I would never fully recover from a heartbreak that just shattered me. And now being fine and feeling whole again and feeling so filled by the friendships and the family and the career aspirations and just so many amazing things in life right now. I'm feeling looking back at the person that I was during the beginning of the heartbreak and just I can't even comprehend how I could feel so low because I feel so high right now. That's amazing. Yeah. Like And I I think this is definitely relatable for someone who has gone through something so difficult. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this isn't even just like heartbreak, just like anything so hard. Time heals all wounds. And oftentimes you will find that breakups could be the best thing to happen to you. So many amazing things are built from the ashes. That sounds so cheesy. When things are broken, there's often a bigger reason why. And you are meant for just so much more. You are meant to be someone completely different, completely better than you could even fathom. It's all going to redirect you to a better purpose, to Mm -hmm. someone who fulfills your needs even more, to someone who will love you the way you deserve to be loved, to someone who will embrace you for every single thing that you are, even your flaws, and never make you feel like you're not good enough. Rejection is redirection. And also one of my friends actually said, When she broke up with her boyfriend, it literally felt like someone had died Mm -hmm. because you can't contact them anymore. And if you do, it's harder to create the separation that's needed to be completely broken up without this interdependence on each other. And that could be super difficult. 
And even if it's like you're fired from a job, for instance, it's also like that company died off because you can't go back to that company. You can't, you know, be back in the work environment like you used to. And I think there's something to be said about comfort zones that come from a long period of indulgence and a long period of intimacy or just, you know, acceptance in that environment. And then suddenly it's taken away from Mm. you. And that rejection can leave a hole in your life. And my piece of advice is to fill it as quickly and deeply as you can, because that hole is going to be there anytime a relationship is broken or like a phase of your life is ended or anything like that. And I really believe that you need to find other things that fill you in a deeper way, in a meaningful way, like other hobbies, other activities, other people. But this time, make sure that you are recognizing this door closed for a reason. And this type of thing is not right for you. So find the right thing for you. Like if that person wasn't it, then someone is else is out there that is it and that is even better and more loving and more kind and more giving. And if that company or job or, you know, friendship even wasn't for you, then take a moment to analyze what went wrong and make sure it doesn't happen again by finding something that fills you up in a more gratifying way. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, it it takes mourning because like you said, something died. Like the previous version of yourself that you were in that relationship, in that job, in that period of your life is gone. You're not going to be that person again. But trust me when I say this, and obviously I have so much more to learn as a 22 year old and (laughs) probably going to be going through this more in the future. But I could say from the experience that I do have, it does get better. And you have to also fill it with things that are not so easy to leave. Mm. So like you said, like, yes, fill it with people and friendships that are meaningful and deeper. But I think above all, you need to provide it for yourself. It needs to come from you. Yes. It has to come from you because everything else is fleeting. And as soon as you can, as soon as you finish accepting and mourning what was and realizing that it wasn't your fault, that it wasn't because of any sort of thing that you lacked, but it simply just wasn't meant to be. And for the right reasons, even though the last thing you probably want to hear right now is, oh, there's someone that's going to be way better out there. Or a company or organization that's better. Oh, that's like the most annoying thing to hear, right? When you're out of a breakup or going through something hard is that, oh, there's just so much better out there. But there is. And obviously it happened for a reason. What is that quote? If it's not a It's either a blessing or a lesson. And I just want to end with a quote from IT Cosmetics CEO, Jamie Kryn Lima. She was on an episode of I Love You So Much podcast by Kenzie Elizabeth. And also she was at the Tony Robbins seminar. She said that sometimes serendipitous grace comes packaged in the form of painful rejection. And I think it's such a powerful quote because I love the way she uses grace something that gives to you that instead of taking away. And when you are rejected, rather than taking it as a stop in your journey, you should take it as a simple like recourse, a simple Mm -hmm. turning of your life map into a route that is more like blossomed with amazing things for you. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Not grasping for the things that aren't meant for you. Yeah. And it is serendipity because even if someone had to come to that decision, they came to that decision for a reason. And at the end of the day, everything works out as according to plan 
for the best version of yourself to bloom. A lot to unpack. Please let us know on our Instagram post and in our DMs if you enjoyed this episode, what you liked about it, and what you want to hear us talk about in future episodes. Be sure to follow us at Before We Make It on Instagram, and we release new episodes every Thursday everywhere you listen to podcasts. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.